All right, we're in Genesis chapter 5, and <clears throat> um, I was, when I was going through this, I was trying to figure out the best way, the best solution to um, going through this. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to have you read the first five verses, um, and then from then on, I'm just going to read the rest for... Uh, and I'm just going to break them down one verse at a time, or rather one section at a time. Um, but the first five verses go hand in hand, so, um, and, and those aren't names, <laughs> whereas the rest is just names. Um, and, uh, I, and I also wanted, um, I guess I should probably talk about the last chapter, um, in case you don't remember. Um, we looked at the first murder in history, um, which didn't even take place against like an enemy, but, but rather over jealousy and in the same blood-related family. Um, we saw the, the chances, the multiple chances that Cain had to continuously make the right choice. And then we saw his rejection to God's providence and forgiveness, um, ultimately leading to his exile um, and a separation from God that's spoken about. Um, and then we're introduced to the, uh, the salvation lineage, which is through Seth, the bloodline of Seth. Um, we get a short description of who Seth is in the last chapter, um, towards the very end. A son was born to Seth um, also, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Um, and that's how that the chapter 4 ends. Um, this this leaves us with hope for the future generations, because it would be sad if, if our future was only and solemnly dedicated on the lineage of Cain, the murderer, rather than on a on a... Uh, a new uh, generation but in this chapter we'll be reading a lot about the lineage of Adam um, honestly that is pretty much all this chapter focuses on um, so I'm going to use this as an opportunity to define the names that are given so we have a clear idea and representation of this lineage coming out of Adam and Eve and how it leads to the story of salvation through Jesus Christ um, any, any questions before we get started? All right, would you like to read verses 1 to 5, please? This is the document containing the family records of Adam. On the day that God <laughs> created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. When they were created, he blessed them and called them mankind. Adam was 130 years old when... He fathered a son in his likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. Adam lived 800 years after he, fa he fathered Seth, and he fathered other sons and daughters. So Adam's life lasted 930 years, then he died. So there's a lot of um, debate, I think, in regards to how long Adam actually lived. Uh, we don't know. We don't know when he was, like, how old he was when he was created. Uh, we don't know how old he was when um, when he had um, Adam and Eve. We're, we're, we're under the assumption that that he only lived, you know, a certain amount of time. We don't, we don't know the exact age of Adam. Um, but he was 130 years old when he, when he um, had Seth. <coughs> um... And we get the, the, the picture that he died when he was 930 years old. Um, whether that meant he was 930 
like exactly or if that meant that he only lasted another 930 years after this the sin happened we don't know and i'm not going to pretend like i do because that would be do you know if um, years were 12 months um oh uh so so the months i think are based off of the mayan calendar um i don't know i don't remember when the mayans came to be i think it was around the time of of um moses and moses is writing this so probably it's probably more than likely i would have to look that up it's either the the mayan calendar or the aztec calendar i don't remember but either way it's it's um around that time anyway so i think they're they're not they're not much different <coughs> i think the only thing that are different are like the days and the seasons um, but other than that, it's the months, I think, are, are pretty much the same. Um, I wonder why they lived so long back then. Because there was no sodas. <laughs> yeah, the, the <laughs> things that they were eating and drinking weren't as likely. But a constant reminder throughout the Bible is, God, is that God made them, since the beginning of time, male and female. And that's what verses 1 and 2 focuses on. This is a document containing the family records to Adam. <clears throat> on the day that God created man, he made this in the likeness of his of the of God. He created them male and female when they were created. He blessed them and called them mankind. Um, so there's no gender spectrum or, or, or crazy ideology that would uh, make people believe that they could be anything they desired. If they wanted to be birds, they could be birds or whatever. Um, Genesis one twenty seven. We've already read it, but it says so. God created man in His own image, and the image of God created He him. Male and female created He them. Mark 10, 6, Jesus quotes this. <clears throat> he says, but from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Nothing has changed, in other words, is what Jesus is saying. And it's not going to change. No matter what you try to do, you could pretend to be a bird all you want. <clears throat> you're still either a male or a female. And no amount of cosmetic surgery will change that. <clears throat> um, but what's really funny to me is that our culture today is strongly trying to attack this idea of gender which further proves the necessity that Jesus and the Bible places on this. Obviously, it's almost to say that, that God knew that people would try and warp this idea. So God emphasizes continuously that there is no excuse to not know what male and what is female. You know, they, they didn't have surgeries like this back then. So it wouldn't seem like it was all that important to Jesus to even bring this up. Or for God to continuously remind everyone that he made them male and female since the beginning of time. But we see that God always emphasizes or repeats things that are going to be an important issue. So that we know for sure where God stands on the subject. <clears throat> and this is one of those things. What a strange time to be alive for sure. Um, <clears throat> any other questions or thoughts? <clears throat> Man, my throat is messed up today. <clears throat> Um, I want to point out too, in verse three, it says Adam was 130 years old when he fathered a son in his likeness, according to his image and named him Seth. Um, a correlation that I find interesting is placed here between the birth of Seth and the birth of Adam. Of course, we don't know how Adam was when God created him. We don't know how old he was or, or what he looked like. We understand, though, that the important fact of the creation of Adam was that he was made in God's likeness. But we see that Seth was not made in God's likeness. 
Seth was made in the likeness of Adam. Um, and I do believe that that's why Adam names him Seth. Um, he is the compensation for the loss of, of the loss of Abel, um, <clears throat> the new man who will bring along the lineage of salvation. Um, and I just thought that was, that was kind of interesting. Um, and then verse four or five, it says, Adam lived 800 years after he fathered Seth and he fathered other sons and daughters. This gives clarification that it wasn't just boys that he had. He had sons and daughters as well. That, that aren't spoken about here in, the, in, the, in Genesis. So Adam's life lasted 930 years, then he died. And this is... 912. <coughs> what? 912 years. 930. Mine says 912. Verse 5? Um, never mind. I guess Seth lasted 912. Oh. I went ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, verse okay. 5. Um, he lasted 930 years. But this is this is where we see God's first promise come true. Because he promises to Adam and Eve that if they ate from that tree, they would die. Genesis 2.17 says, But if the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You've already set your, your, your future in stone if you eat from that tree. You're going to die. The words are very clear. <laughs> they're, not, they're not convoluted. It's not a riddle. It's not you know, a question. It is, this is what's going to happen if you eat from this tree. Don't eat from it. So God knew that they would eat from it, and he knew that they would die because of it, and he already knew what would happen, uh, what would have to happen to reconnect to his creation. So grace was, was shown before Adam even sinned. He let Adam know, this is what's going to happen. My grace is, saying, is telling you right now that if you don't obey me in this matter, you will die. In Romans 5.20, it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Um, so the, the, the higher the grace goes, I mean, the higher the sin goes, the higher God's grace goes. Um, it, all grace, God's grace is always higher than, than our sin can be. Um, it, it hasn't shrunk over time like, like, like some might have you to believe in, in God's word. It, it, just, it didn't just end through Adam's disobedience. God's grace grows with each sin we commit. Um, and that doesn't mean we should, we, we should be sinning <laughs> um, to obtain grace, but it means that if we do sin, God's grace is enough. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul says, uh, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'd rather, I'd rather um, re glory in, in the things, my tribulations, my troubles, so that God's power may rest upon me. So the issue isn't with God's grace abounding. The issue is with our disobedience to his will and his word. Um, and this is ultimately why Adam died, <coughs> because of his disobedience to God's word. Yeah, but he still lived a long time. <laughs> That's true. He probably thought, oh, it must not be true. I'm still yeah. alive. I'm still alive. <laughs> Nine, 929 <laughs> years, and I'm still here. Um, but he had a son, and as we read a lot um, um, of, you know, in the, the remaining, and we'll read in the remaining passages, we see what ultimately happens to them as well uh, because of the sin of Adam. Um Verse 6 and 7. Um, you know, I'm going to read verses 6. No, I'll read verse 6 and 7. Seth, 
So this is Adam's son. Seth was 105 years old when he fathered Enosh. Seth lived 807 years after he fathered Enosh, and he fathered other sons and daughters. Enos means man in the Hebrew language. Um, so this was a fresh start for the lineage of Adam. Um, Adam's name was man, Enos. He was the new man, um, the second chance for humanity, as if we deserved it. Um, yet God is not willing that any should perish, as we know, and, and it goes to show his deep love for us that he would provide salvation and more chances for us than we deserve through the lineage of Adam, even though he's already seen so much of the destruction and chaos that sin brings. <clears throat> but verse 8 comes. And this is where it gets sobering. So Seth's life lasted 912 years, then he died. There's a pattern, that there's a theme that's going to happen and occur throughout the rest of the Bible here. And, and, and that's the sad truth about sin. And because of it, death passed on to everyone because we all now sin due to what Adam and Eve did. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So Enos, through a, a fresh start to the lineage, would still have to suffer the same fate as the rest of humanity because he was made in Seth's likeness, who was made in Adam's likeness, who was then disobedient to God's likeness, and then completely disconnected himself from God's likeness. And of course, Seth <coughs> had other sons and daughters, um, as we read a moment ago. And uh, But the highlight is through the lineage because through this particular lineage because it leads to the ultimate salvation it leads to the savior through you know which is, of course jesus jesus christ it leads to, to jesus um any thoughts on on seth before we continue mm -hmm. well we're, we're gonna read into enos or enosh in this um as as the continued lineage he was 90 years old when he fathered kenan <coughs> or canaan um, in the in the KJV, um, Enosh lived 815 years after he fathered Kenan, and he fathered other sons and daughters. Um, uh, Canaan or Kenan in this particular section means possession. Um, it could also mean fixed, but I think it means primarily it means possession, like the possession of God. This is this belongs to God type of thing. Um, whichever definition was used here for for this child is not clear, though either work can work for the fact that that we see this lineage moving in a fixed position for the Lord, and and that the the position of uh, or the possession of the lineage was through the promise of God. Um, verse eleven, once again sobering truth. So Enosh's life lasted nine hundred and five years, then he died. Another death from natural causes. The curse was being realized. I, at least I hope at this point. That, and, and through this lineage. Um, if their sons and daughters were not born, they would have not, uh, we'd have nothing to provide for the next generation. And we wouldn't have a lineage today. <coughs> any, any questions on Enosh or Kenan? No. Kenan, rather. Continuing on, verse 12. Um, Kenan or Kenan... Uh, was 70 years old when he fathered Mahaliel. Um, that's closely related to the KJV's version. Uh, Mahaliel means praise of God. So far, the names continuously bring honor to God through this lineage. And the reason for that is because if we go back to the last chapter in the last verse, it says that at that time, 
people began to call on the name of the Lord. So they were naming their kids after the providence and, and the connection they had with God. Um, and that's really important. And it will be really important continuing on, even into the New Testament. <clears throat> but uh, Mahaliel means praise of God. And they're keeping their eyes on the same important image um, that they were supposed to follow to begin with, um, try, kind of turning that, that assumption around. But, of course, everything works in spirals in the Bible, so you're going to see that kind of go back into the sinful nature that it is, which when we get to Noah, which was at the end of this chapter, spoiler alert. Um, verses 13 and 14. It says, Kenan lived 840 years after he fathered Mahaliel, and he fathered other sons and daughters. So Kenan's uh, life lasted 910 years. Then he died. And of course, we know at this point it's inevitable. Um, these people were living for a long time. Um, a record life of 910 years through Canaan so far. Uh, and I'm honestly thankful we no longer live that long. I'd really rather not <laughs> um, for me to die as gain, in all honesty. Um, so, but the, these people lasted, they, they lived a really like long time. like 900 lives. <laughs> yeah, they got to see a lot of lineages, um, and actually we're going to see a connection, a correlation to that in a minute, but, um, but yeah, it was, it, was quite the, it was quite the lengthy life to live, um, a lot of stories and history in these beginning families, for sure. Um, any questions on, on, this, on these sets, Kenan and, and Mahalio? I have a question on the whole thing. Why doesn't it talk about um, Eve at all? So it, it usually only speaks about the men of the lineage, yeah. because they're the ones that pass down the, the name. So that's really the only reason. So and that's the case, everybody should have the same name. Well, no, because each person was named after what they, they uh, again, what they had their relationship with God. So each person was named after that. So for instance, <clears throat> um, with... Mahal, uh, Mahal, Mahaliel, um, you know, his name was possessed, or Mahaliel's name was praise of God. Canaan named Mahaliel praise of God because he was praising God for the baby, for the child, and, and for what he's given to him through this lineage. Um, so each, each child is named differently. Um, the man is named specifically because that was that they were the ones that were bringing down the lineage. Yeah, but blood-wise, it's all this is the same blood all the way down. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but the 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 female is usually not mentioned in in the Bible at all. In in most old older literature, the female is not mentioned unless she did something that was like way out of left field, um, which is kind of a rare thing, like Ruth. For instance, if you go to the book of Matthew, yeah. in that first chapter, Ruth is mentioned there as as a woman, but none of the other women are mentioned in that lineage. Um, so, And sometimes what would happen um, with this especially, and I think this is probably even more of a correlation to why, is um, it through, like for instance... Um, We could use Seth as the example here. Um, Seth might have had hundreds of kids. Yeah. 
I mean, well, nine hundred years, yeah. So, so it and and with with and it could have been with different women too. I mean, that that was common back then. Um, it doesn't say that here, but but that was pretty common. In fact, it says that about the the Did lineage they give of Cain. I don't know. It's possible. Um, but it, it it seems that um, that because of that, it's it's going through the 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 man's line because it could be you know multiple multiple other people um so it's just it's going through the line towards jesus is what it's what it's mostly doing um yeah where are we at 15 yeah um mahaliel was 65 years old when he fathered jared that's pretty young so far uh, jared means descent um so obviously there was a focus on the descent of the lineage here. Jared wasn't necessarily as grandeur of a name as praise of God. <laughs> um, but Jared is ultimately the descent of that praise. Um, God's praise was passed down to the next generation. Um, and I think that's important to note. Um, 16 and 17, um, continuing on with the same, same theme. Mahalia lived 830 years after he fathered Jared, and he fathered other sons and daughters. Um, so Mahalia's life lasted 895 years, then he died. 895 years is less than Canaan, but still a long time considering. Um, so he got to experience quite a bit, and there was a lot of, a lot of lineage going on. Um, verse 18. Jared was 162 years old when he fathered Enoch. Um... This is what I find interesting, that name Enoch. Enoch means dedicated. Did you know, I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that Denise means dedicated to God? No, I didn't know that. No, you know. <laughs> but what's even more interesting is Enoch specifically just means dedicated. Not dedicated to God specifically, but dedicated. What they What he was dedicated to wasn't really determined based off of um, based off of what the scripture says, but based off of what we understand about the person. So, for instance, in the last chapter, we read about Cain, who has a son, who he, he also names Enoch in Genesis 4.17. It says, Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he built a city and called this, the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Um, it means dedicated. So Cain's Enoch was dedicated to a city dedicated to his line his 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 glory his reward whereas jared's enoch was dedicated to the lord um the city of enoch will will not go down in history to have ever served any particular grandiose purpose <laughs> we don't read about the city of enoch um ever after that enoch this enoch however has an incredible testimony that lasts for all generations that I don't think many people really think too too highly on or too much about that I find fascinating. But verse 19 tells us, Jared lived 800 years after he fathered Enoch, and he fathered other sons and daughters, so Jared's life lasted 962 years, then he died. And of course, that's that's how things go. Um, Sadly, that the same fate belonged to Jared as, as did to all of his ancestors before him. That's pretty uh, pretty much common at this point. Um, death swallowed up everybody, even the line of salvation. Um, but here's here's where it gets interesting. Um, 
verse 21. Um, Enoch was 65 years old when he fathered Methuselah. And after he fathered Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and fathered other sons and daughters. So Enoch's life lasted 365 years. So a short name? <laughs> this, is, this is why it's short. Enoch walked with God, then he was not there because God took him. In other words, Enoch didn't die. God just took him. Methuselah means sending forth. And I believe Methuselah will certainly send forth Enoch to be a great child of God in, in what follows in these verses after this. But Enoch has the most incredible testimony. In verse um, 22 to 24, you see him being taken up into, into the clouds. And no one can read this and just be callous to the fact that God literally loved spending time with Enoch so much because of his dedication to the Lord that God literally just took him. Strange enough, nothing else is mentioned of this situation. His family doesn't seem to speak about it. The Bible doesn't give much more clarification after this. That's pretty much all we get of Enoch. He's mentioned in the gospel as a, as a lineage account in Luke 3.37. Luke gives the lineage. He says, which was the son of uh, Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared, which was the son of Mahaliel, uh, which was the son of Canaan. And the Lord obviously allowed him to stay for a time um, just to have kids and continue the lineage. Um, but God wanted Enoch with him immediately. We either avoided something that could have come to pass with Enoch, or Enoch was a very special person to the Lord. Hebrews 11.5 says this, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Because God had translated him, literally teleported him. <laughs> For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch, was he, was, he pleased God immensely in the things that he did. And, and God loved that so much. He had such a close relation, closer relationship than, than apparently with Ad, than he did with Adam that he just took Enoch. Like he was just too good for this world to leave him here. He had to come home quickly. Um, no one other than Elisha and Jesus were ever treated like this because of their relationship with God. Um, the only other time that the Bible gives a further, a little further clarification is in Jude 14, or Jude 1, 14. It says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. What is Jude talking about here? He says that Enoch, Enoch is quoted saying, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Did you read that? Do you see that in this chapter about Enoch? No. So how does, like we're saying, how does he know? How does Jude know that? How does Jude know that, that, that Enoch said this? Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. But did Enoch know Jude? No, Jude is, is in the New Testament. Oh, Would you research that and find out why? There's an, uh, there's no <laughs> way for there's no I would have to make speculation. That's all I could do. Um, I think different Enoch. I'm not gonna pretend. No, I think it's no, it's the same one because it says the seventh from Adam. Oh. This Enoch is the seventh from Adam. Um, I'm not gonna pretend as if I or act as if I know what Jude is talking about here. Um, 
my best guess, judging by the way that, that Jude presents this, um, it's, it's as if Enoch might have known a little more about the future than we previously thought. The only time that, that the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints is during the rapture, during the end times. Matthew 24, um, 30, 31. It says, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of, uh, of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the earth, or one end of heaven to the other. Um, and Revelation 19.11 speaks about it. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him uh, was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth, he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Um, both of these times mention uh, end-time prophecies. The Holy Spirit seemed to guide Jude to write something that had not been revealed in any other way. Um, it's a very interesting verse that I won't spend too much time on because of the lack of time, but I think I think it's really interesting that he brings this up as if to say, this is what Jude said. The Holy Spirit obviously, or this is what Enoch said, the Holy Spirit obviously led Jude to write this down for a reason. My belief is that Enoch actually said this, but we don't have the proof of that. Um, it's one of those those sovereignty things that you're just going to have to trust the Lord in in order to, to believe it. Um, otherwise, don't believe it. I don't, it doesn't really matter. Well, the, <laughs> the question is, how did you know? How did, how did, you yeah, tell, Holy, how did he tell him? The Holy Spirit had to, had to guide him into that. I don't know. And that's the confusing part, is he, he wrote it down and was just like, huh, I don't know why I know that, but I do. <laughs> well, what does it say before and after it? Um, you want to turn there? <laughs> turn there. So Jude, yeah, Jude is a small, small book in the Bible. It comes right after um, Third John, which are also small books in the Bible. Peter, mother toward John. Um, before Peter. Before, before Revelation. <laughs> no, Jude. It, it is after Peter. I found it. After John. Jude, what? Where is that? It's John one fourteen is is the verse in question. Um, We're not but, in Jude. Or Jude is okay. in Jude. Um, verse twelve says these people are dangerous reefs, um, at your love feasts as they eat with you without reverence. They are shepherds who look who only look after themselves. There are waterless clouds carried along by winds, trees in late autumn, fruitless, twice dead and uprooted. Um, so he's, he's not saying very encouraging things about these pastors, these, these preachers. Um, they are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shameful deeds, wandering stars for whom the blackness of darkness is reserved forever. He says it was about these, it was about these people, these kinds of people that Enoch in the, the, the seventh generation from Adam prophesied, look, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly concerning all the ungodly acts that they have done in an ungodly way 
and concerning all the harsh things ungodly sinners have said against him. Enoch never said that, but it's a great verse. It's fantastic. I mean, I've, I've used it several times over, multiple times. It says, these people are discontented grumblers, living according to their desires. Their mouths utter arrogant words, flattering people for their own advantage. So where he got this, I don't know. It was there's a thing of God. It had to have been a thing of God. I mean, it, it makes sense what he's saying. Um, and if Enoch, Enoch so might have been a preacher. Who wrote Revelation? John. John wrote Revelation. But actually, Enoch knew about Revelation before John did. Huh. But, but actually, e Enoch knew about. Yeah, he, yeah, he knew he knew John, the before. prophecy. Apparently, Enoch was a prophet. Who knew? But it doesn't mention that. He doesn't say anything about. It. He just God loved him so much that he just took him. The the way that Enoch presented his life was so. Well, you know, well, do you think maybe you know how like things came into dreams, like like Mary. Ed? Sure. Had a dream. Mm -hmm. Maybe um, Jude had a dream too, like that. You know, from Enoch. <laughs> I don't know. That's possible, I suppose. But I mean, he put it into one of the holiest books, the holiest book to have ever existed. Um, whether he knew it was going to be included or not was not really, you know, uh, understood. But we, it's it's part of canon. So it's canonical with the rest of scripture. Mm -hmm. That's the only verse mm -hmm. that, that's questionable. Like, what is he talking? Where did he get that from? It's really interesting to me, but there's no way for me to answer that question until I'm dead. Unless God reveals it in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I have no idea. Um, and a more interesting question, because he was translated, and I was thinking about this the other day, if Jesus wasn't crucified... Do you think he would have eventually died from old age? <laughs> no, because he wasn't. He wouldn't have been on. That's the only reason why he came to Earth. Everyone else died of old age. Yeah, but Jesus probably wouldn't have came to to the Earth if that was the case. Right, but if he if he didn't die through crucifixion, and I know that's the whole purpose of his coming, and that was the salvation story, um, and that was going to happen no matter what. But if he didn't, do you think he would have died of old age, or do you think he would have, he would have been like Enoch. been translated? You would, have, you would have been translated and taken yeah. up? Just an interesting thought. I think so, too. He would have probably just been taken up if, if he wasn't killed, um, or, or things just didn't go right. I don't know. <laughs> he survived. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Um... Verse 25, we'll continue. Is there any questions about Enoch before? No. Okay. Verse 25, Methuselah uh, was eight, 187 years old when he fathered Lamech. Lamech means powerful. Um, verse 26, Methuselah lived 782 years after he fathered Lamech, and he fathered other sons and daughters. Um, so Methuselah's life lasted 969 years. <laughs> then he died. That's a long time. That's he's the longest so far out of everybody that's that's died or has lived a life in this lineage. He's lived the longest, nine hundred and sixty-nine years. Interestingly enough, 
Methuselah, the eighth generation after Adam, lived longer than than Adam, <laughs> or or at least the time frame that was given about Adam. Um, I believe that because of Methuselah's long life, he could have given a proper understanding to Noah about the things that that were were taking place since the beginning of time. He was there through all of those generations. You think about that for a second. Um, Methuselah would have died right around when Noah was 600 years old. And Adam died when Methuselah was 243 years old. So Methuselah more than likely talked to Adam, got the information of what happened from Adam, and then passed that along to Noah. Noah, this is like nine generations <laughs> after. Um, and, and so Noah is, is preparing to listen to the Lord in, in this moment, um, which leads us to verse 28. Lamech was 182 years old when he fathered a son, um, and he named him Noah, saying, This one will bring us relief from the agonizing labor of our hands caused by the ground the Lord is cursed. Noah means rest. They were hopeful that the Lord would provide them rest through Noah. Little did they know... That the rest they were longing for would only come through the hard work and obedience of Noah and his family, um, which which we won't get into yet. That's in the next chapter. But um, he was supposed to provide rest, and he does ultimately for time. Um, but then, of course, things spiral back to the way that they were before. Um, so Lamech lived 595 years, um, and he fathered Noah, and he fathered other sons and daughters. There were other people there. Um, so Lamech's life lasted 770 years, then he died. Um, Noah was 500 years old, and he fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So, of course, from Noah's generation, there's a bit of a rest from the rest of the generations because of the great flood that takes place. Spoiler alert. Um, and these kids and their spouses would help to further the salvation lineage. Um, Shem means name. Apparently they couldn't figure out what to call him, <laughs> so they just, that's his name. Um, Ham means hot, don't know what that means. Uh, Japheth means opened. I don't know if Japheth is the one that opens the door of the ark or not, that would be interesting. But the other two names really don't make much sense, I, I don't know. I guess... Uh, Noah was running out of ideas of how to praise God. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, any any other thoughts or any questions? That was, I mean, I could have I could have really dug deep in each verse and really just gone on rabbit trails, but for the most part, I wanted. I think the most important thing was to get the definitions of each name, so we know what kind of what kind of lineage is being passed down, and we know where the story is going and how these people were. Um, you know, they 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 were named based off of. Most of them are named based off of uh, either who they were going to be or how they how uh, their parents were uh, connected to God. So, but any any other questions or thoughts? I think if I would have any kids this day and age, I think I might name them Enoch. It's interesting. <laughs> Enoch. Why? Because it's closely related to your name? <laughs> no, you're not knowing that. Just the, his story. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Even I feel like it's short and sweet. It's still a good story. <laughs> I feel like a lot of pa 
pastors and preachers they they tend to kind of gloss over it and they talk about it but they they kind of gloss over it like yeah he was translated and then continue on with the rest of the you know but th this that's just so interesting to me that through these generations the only one out of these generations from adam before noah's you know ultimate sacrifice and, and salvation story um enoch had a a passion for god that surpassed everyone else um so much so that that god was like you you can't should be here <laughs> this is you're too you're too heavenly minded to be any earthly good um as the saying goes and uh, and just took him up and and what's even more interesting is nobody talks about that not even in the bible they talk about that his family's not like what happened to enoch like the, yeah. you know where did he go did he disappear no they just he was translated. That was that was it. And I don't know how they got that information, other than God had to have given it maybe to to Moses, as the writer, or maybe to one of these uh, people in this lineage. I have no idea, but very interesting. 